Hello, and welcome to the Table and Well podcast. I'm Tennyson. And I'm Janelle. Thank you for joining us as we discuss topics and give practical tools that help you live, grow, and be in healthy, joy-filled relationship with God, yourself, and others. For more information and resources, or if you're looking for coaching, connection, and community, please visit tableandwellco.com. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Thank you for joining us today on the Table and Well podcast. This is episode number 28. As always, please feel free to download and subscribe to this podcast on your favorite listening platform. And along with that, please leave us a five-star rating and a incredible review. We are learning that the more reviews we have and the more five-star ratings we have, the easier it is for people just like you to find us and to begin their journey on relational health. So this is going to be part five of our new series called The Half-Brain Church, Um, and we are going to continue on this journey of joy. We are going to be talking about the benefits of joy, Um, some of the things that joy brings to every situation and every relationship, how joy strengthens relationships. Joy is the key, Um, how joy is found in the face of God and in the face of others. I think it's amazing how the Lord has orchestrated everything because he's designed our brains to look for joy in other people's faces, in their eyes, the twinkle of their eye, the smile on their face. And the crazy thing is if we don't know how to recognize joy or if we don't see joy in the face of each other, it's very, very difficult for us to find joy in the face of God when we're looking on his face. And this is why community is so important Um, because again, true healing, true transformation, character development, identity is formed, spiritual formation all happens inside of community. Um, And we need joy to have healthy communities. So we're going to introduce a new concept today called joy fueled. Um, and this is the first core value of an organization called Luke 10, which I believe we've told you about. It's a fantastic organization that Janelle and I have had the privilege of working with really since about January. You know, I think sometimes we maybe don't quite realize what is really fueling us or what is motivating us. Maybe another way to say that. Um, there's a lot of things out there that can do that. Sometimes people are, are motivated by fear. They're motivated by shame. They're motivated by disappointment. There could be a lot of different things that motivate us, but the idea of being joy fueled is the idea that joy is our motivator. Everything we do, we do from a place of joy because we live in joy. We breathe in joy. Joy is part of who we are. And I believe that if we have a community full of people that are motivated by joy, where joy is the fuel, then we will have thriving, healthy very strong communities where transformation can happen. So here is part five of the Half Brain Church as we continue our journey on joy. Okay, so we have defined joy. And so what we say joy is, is joy is the experience of the deep knowing that someone is glad to be with you, no matter what. That's important, that no matter what's very important. So what does that look like in community? Like, how does that translate Right. Because obviously, if it's an experience, you need people around you. And we've talked a lot through the podcast and a lot of the teachings that we've shared that healing happens Mm -hmm. in community. Absolutely. We've talked a lot about in this series alone that transformation happens in community. Yes. That characters developed inside of community. Right. Mm -hmm. Identity is developed inside of community. We've talked a lot through the maturity series about the tasks of the community and how dependent we are on each other. To grow. Yeah. And so when we're talking about joy and community, we like to call it joy fueled. Yes. 
that this is what propels our community forward and keeps our community alive and thriving. Yeah. One of the things that a joy-fueled community would look like is one, like we talked about the last podcast, is that we're able to stay present with each other, even in the midst of big emotions. Yep. And we don't leave. Yep. We don't get upset. We don't allow our own feelings to get in the way. Mm -hmm. But we're actually able to continue to be glad to be with the other person. We stay in relationship. And no matter what. Um, Another thing it might look like, not might look like, but one way it does look like is to where you keep your relationship bigger than the problem. Right. So if you're in the middle of any kind of conflict or discussion or disagreement, it doesn't become what we call, you'll hear us say sometimes enemy mode, where it's me versus you. Right. It's like, I'm going to be right and you're going to be wrong and I'm going to say my thing and no matter what, because I want to be right. It's not about that. It's it's being able to keep our relationship bigger than whatever that issue might be. Yeah. To where we know that when we walk away from this, whether we agree, whether we come to some whatever understanding, mm-hmm. It doesn't matter because our relationship isn't going to change. Right. It won't and won't be so, affected. Actually, it will be affected. It will be. Because our brains are designed to grow closer and more attached to someone that you are in conflict with if you're able to walk through it in a mature way. Right. So if you if you take the word relationship and what you just said and you say, if we keep our gladness to be with each other. Bigger than the problem. That's so good. If we keep our yeah. joy bigger mm-hmm. than the problem, then we've already learned and established that joy is what creates transformation because mm-hmm. that that relationship and our brains are saying, okay, they didn't go anywhere. We're better for it. Yes. And if you can create a community of people that will stay present for each other, yeah. it's so powerful. And that automatically creates a closer more connected, more attached community. Mm-hmm. Because staying with each other through conflict, through tough times, is what creates attachment. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's also contagious, kind of like what you <laughs> talked about, yeah. about your story about the little boy at the grocery store yeah. and how it it multiplies. There's a momentum that's built inside of community when our joy is glad to be with each other. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of us saw this in the midst of COVID yeah. when we missed the opportunity to go to church. Most of us didn't necessarily, I hate to even say this, didn't necessarily miss the preaching. Because <laughs> you can get that online. We missed the ability to walk into a building and have people, Absolutely. spaces, be glad to be with us. Absolutely. And so, and it's that contagiousness that exists. Yep. That falls apart, though, when we have tough times and people's faces stop being glad to be with us because now we're messy and it's tough. Right. And yeah. Anyway, I won't. Yep. <laughs> um, but healthy communities also and these joy field communities that like where love is the motivator. Yeah. And everything that you do. Yeah. It's not about pleasing. No. It's not about performing. Uh-uh. It's not about a list of shoulds and shouldn'ts. Uh, it's, it's about that. What we've said in the past and I think we've said on different podcasts where. Um, it's the in response to, mm-hmm. it's not, I'm responsible to do these things because we're in community, right? It's no, in response to our connection, in response to our attachment, in response to the joy, in response to love, right? 
that I want to do these and I will do these things. Right. I think this is where that scripture that talks about they'll know that you're Christians by your love for one another yeah, exactly. <laughs> comes into play. Exactly. It is that gladness to be together no matter what. No matter what. That shows to others they're the real deal. Because mm-hmm. uh, I can't remember where the scripture is, but it says, you know, pretty much anybody can love people who already like them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. It, it gets a lot tougher when we have to continue to love and stay present for people that maybe aren't all that comfortable to, to love and stay present with in the moment. Yeah. <laughs> but gosh, how strong does that make a community? Oh, super strong. So strong when we can stick it out. And and some people have had this experience where, you know, someone walks through cancer and the community rallies around them and there's such strength there. Well, think about that. It's, it's interesting because even in those communities where maybe, um, let's say maybe joy isn't prevalent, Mm-hmm. But you do have people that you're walking out life with for and, and how that works out. And someone does have a, a major crisis in their life mm-hmm. and people walk from that and they go, man, after so and so went through this cancer thing, our group changed. We were so much tighter. We were so mm-hmm. much more connected. Yeah. And you're supposed to be. Right. Because there was joy exchanged. Right. In being together. Right. There's attachment that grew and there's strength that comes from that. Exactly. There's yeah. strength that comes, you know, and that's another thing too. In a healthy community, joy fuel communities, it's it's very they're very strong, not only as communities but as individuals. Yeah, it does it strengthens each individual in the community. That's a really really interesting yeah. point that mm-hmm. we see that. Also, too, um, joy fuel communities are transformational. Yes. So I think this, to me, out of all things, well, I mean, all of these could be litmus tests, but. <laughs> This is the one thing that I so deeply long for is communities that are producing solid fruit. Yes. I think unfortunately in the Western church model, we're just not producing good fruit anymore. We're not producing transformation in people's lives mm-hmm. that the gospels talk about. Yeah. That that set people on fire to be set on fire. Right. <laughs> you know, like to <laughs> exactly. endure persecution because they were transformed by him. Mm-hmm. They were transformed by his face. Yeah. They were transformed by his gladness to be with them. And that hasn't stopped. No. That hasn't stopped. And do we live in that same same way where we're transformed by his face and we live to transform others by our face? That we like where is that multiplication gone? Yeah. And so if we can practice this and we talk about practices well, yeah. in Everywhere. <laughs> and everywhere. And the reality is nobody comes. So if you're in community right now or if you're not in community anywhere and uh-huh. you're like, yeah, that all sounds good. Right. <laughs> uh huh. You know, like, yeah. no, you don't look at each other and say, OK, we're going to live joy filled, joy fueled. Right. We're going to do the thing. You know, right. it really is a practice. So a practice. this looks a lot like trying and failing. Yes. Much like we've talked about in our marriage where where the, the pattern had been. Janelle has feelings. Yep. Tennyson abandons, yep. disappears because he can't handle the uncomfortableness of feelings. So we didn't just like look at each other and say, oh, we're just not going to do that anymore. Right. right. Cool. Cool. You know? Yeah, we're good. We're good. That we're won't, good. Happen yeah, won't happen again. Yeah. And um, it looked like me practicing having feelings with you and me practicing and me- trying to trust you. Yeah. Even though my experience had been that you kind of sucked at this. Yep. And me practicing being in the feeling with you and, right and and holding that feeling and just holding space yeah for that and just practicing it yeah. so in the beginning you know obviously we had 
we had had a conversation and made an agreement that we were going to try. Yes. That we knew the only way out was to practice. Yep. And we knew that it would probably take some failing to get any good at it. So in community, it could very much look like that. Like, yeah. hey, guys, let's try showing up for each other in a way that we haven't before. Yeah. What might that look like? And just like in our marriage, it looked like the first time you made it maybe a few minutes. Right. And then we're exhausted after both of us were, you know, yeah. like, and then over time, now three years later, it's not an issue anymore. No. Now we know both. I know how to better hold space for you to stay present because I wasn't exactly comfortable when you started staying present either because that <laughs> right. hadn't been my experience either. Yeah. As desperately as I wanted you to stay uh-huh. present when you did start staying present. Now I have a new problem. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so in community, it could look like yeah. that. So not only me practicing oh, it's so showing good. up as yeah. myself, me- the mess that I am. But tr- and trusting you to still stay present, even though I'm not whatever I think I should be or what you think I should be. And then me learning how to be comfortable with you staying present. Right. As myself, you know, right. like there's and this me, whole exchange yeah, happening. It's, yeah, it's yeah, it it takes work mm-hmm. and it takes practice. Right. But another thing it takes, it takes us being um, willing, one, to do the work. Right. To put in the work and two, to be willing to say you know what i messed up ah uh, yeah or and being willing to be able to, for me to be able to once we got through it if i didn't do it if i didn't stay in the way that i needed to stay in mm-hmm. to be able to have the conversation afterwards and you to be able to look at me and say hey tennyson i needed you to do this in yeah. this situation or it felt like you or did it felt this, like yeah. you did this or whatever it might be and, and to have those conversations mm-hmm. and for me to be able to go yeah, you're right. Yep. I need, I, I didn't do that. And I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And we're going to practice and we're going to keep going and yeah. having the grace with each yeah. other yeah. to walk grace this thing is out. So important. So important. And so that's, important. that's why I, I, I love this. I remember I was um, just even this conversation and what we're doing because <laughs> people always ask me, they're like, Hey, is this like for like, I say we do relational thing. Like, is this for marriage? Like, well, it's for everything. Right. And it just takes practice. Yeah. Like marriage, for the cab ride, for the Uber ride, for <laughs> with your kids, any relational interaction that you have, being able to practice yeah. and stay present yeah. in that. So it's right. And and realize that what's happening in this exchange mm-hmm. of relationship is two sided. Yep. So there's my part and then there's a, the other person's part. Right. Mm-hmm. So if I'm in community, I have my part and they have their part. And some days that looks like I show up as the true mess I am and somebody else has enough joy to show up for me. Or it yep. might look like I'm the one who's showing up with joy for someone else. And when I talk, when I say with joy, one of the the things that we wanted to talk about a little bit in this podcast is that it doesn't work out too good in community <laughs> when we're both showing up completely joy depleted Mm -hmm. and we want the other person to somehow magically fill our joy bucket right can it happen yes 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 those mirror neurons doesn't matter what if i can at least be glad to be with you and Mm -hmm. i can look at you and say oh i'm so glad jenny's here yep i'm a hot mess today but at least jenny's here and then jenny looks at me and says oh i'm a hot mess too at least janelle's here yeah and we just stare at each other and we're there and that, you know, like yeah. that can fill joy buckets. Yep. But in a marriage, 
when we have depleted joy buckets and we're trying to problem solve, oh. like let's say we're the other person who's caused some some joy. <laughs> I was going to say transgression. That probably isn't the right word, but suction. Yeah. Some joy, <laughs> a joy vacuum. A joy vacuum. <laughs> For each other. Yeah. What do you do? I've actually had this conversation with a couple, couple of women who are walking through challenging times in their marriage and they're like, okay, but if we have problems to work through and we want to be more joyful together, but we got, we got nothing right now. We've just got problems that we've got to figure out. Where does that come from? And I think it's important that you might be in a community that might look the same. Yeah. A marriage, a community, maybe a relationship with your young adult kids where, yeah, right. Like, mm-hmm. oh, we're just going to practice joy. What we have right now is a whole bunch of problems is right. what we have. There's yeah. no joy there. So where None. does that come from? Right. Um, oh, that's our story. <laughs> yeah, right. Like we, yeah. Were, we were in a hot mess. But honestly, our hot mess was the fact that as individuals, yes. we didn't have joy. We didn't have joy individually. And so we didn't know how to even think about having joy together oh gosh no we figured out how to have joy when our kids were present yes but we didn't know how to have because you can't help but have joy when kids are present yeah well unless sometimes they're just kids (laughs) (laughs) uh they could be little joy vacuums too but um (laughs) but what we learned and realized is that the work of joy when we say do the work Mm mm-hmm that it really is as much a communal work yes. as it is an individual work. So if I have a community that mm. is dependent on me to bring joy to the table yep. for them, yep. and I'm depending on them to bring joy to the table for me, it doesn't work too good when none of us are are working to fill our joy buckets outside of the community either. Right. Right? So So in a marriage, that might look like, and does look like you can't be my only joy source. Right. I actually have to bring joy to this marriage with me mm-hmm. so that I have joy to share with you. Right. And vice versa. And vice versa. I have to bring joy to this marriage outside of mm-hmm. so we can have right. joy together. So that goes back to that conversation of what does it look like to build joy by yourself? How do, how do you build gladness to be with yourself? How do you build joy when maybe that person, when you're dependent, especially on a spouse, somebody you're closely connected to, that you would kind of default as your joy source? Um, I think it That's looks. A really good question. I think it looks a lot like finding other places to where you're one reminded of who you are. Uh huh. So that can look a lot like a hobby. Yep. It can look a lot like quieting. Yes. Which we probably haven't defined real well, but it is that stillness of being with yourself. Yeah. And letting go of all the things that we do to cover quiet. Just being. Mm-hmm. It might look like spending some time looking for his face. Yeah. Yeah. Looking for the joy in his eyes and the mm-hmm. and the, the twinkle in his eyes and the smile yeah. on his face. It might look like going to Walmart and finding that toddler to play peekaboo with. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. It might look like knowing what we're called to do and doing that and committing time to do that. Mm-hmm. It's funny because on our calendars, we figured we figured this part out, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Well, we would, uh, we would have these opportunities to be together and we would struggle to find joy together. We're like, what, what is are we this? Doing? Yeah, what are yeah. we doing? And, um, and then we realized and put on the calendar, alone time. Alone time. 
Yep. And we went and found things that brought us joy as individuals. Because that can get lost inside of a marriage. We've been married 23 years. We're four different iterations of ourselves. Absolutely. And we could lose what brings me joy doesn't necessarily bring you joy. Even Mm -hmm. all those years together, you love golf. Yep. I have yet to really ever golf. You got to go. And one of these days I will. (laughs) (laughs) I love horseback riding. It's not Tennyson's favorite thing. No. So does that mean that because of that, I just give up horseback riding and he gives up golf? No, no. no. Part of what, what fills my joy bucket is a day outside in nature on a horse. Yes. I come back a different person and now I've got some new joy to bring to our relationship. And so same thing on the golf course. Yeah, I love it. And it's just being in nature, being with, with the guys or being by myself and, enjoying that time and that fills my joy bucket where I can come home and it gives me the joy that that we need to continue to fill each other's joy bucket mm-hmm. and to continue to to walk that out in marriage and in community. And so in saying that, it's like what does that look like in the community as well? Like how do you how do you do that? So you can't get all your joy from one place. Right. So that being alone, like that that part of that. I think that's our part to do as individuals, just like you talked about earlier, how communities that are joy fueled are strong. Yes. And so are the individuals. Yes. Yep. Because they are also, they're getting joy from their community. They're Mm -hmm. getting identity and character transformation, all that's happening there, but they're also getting it outside for themselves. And they're not dependent on the community as their only source or not dependent on the marriage as their only source. They see that this is a give and take. Yeah. That there's that there's balls to throw and that there's balls to catch and mm-hmm. there's balls to throw and there's balls to catch. Absolutely. And that it's not about showing up and just receiving, but it is about giving to and coming with something to give. And we talk about this in the maturity piece. Yep, I was just thinking about that. About this is part of maturity. Yes. So as a baby, I only catch. Only catch. Only catch. It's only my job job is to receive. Right. And if I have gaps in infant maturity, I'm going to show up to the community, not really knowing how to throw back. Yep. Okay. And if I'm a child, I might understand how to catch, Mm -hmm. but that's pretty much it. I yet haven't figured out how to throw back. Right. And now as, go ahead. And then, well, then also if you show up as someone who maybe had to mature a little faster, than normal. So Mm -hmm. you're a 10 year old that's maybe taking care of the household or family. Now you come into the community, not knowing how to take care of yourself or how to be with yourself to bring, give yourself joy to be able to give to the community. Right. And so now you're, you're catching everyone else's. I should have said as a child, you're actually the one who's throwing. Yeah. Yes. So in pseudo maturity as a child, you're just catching, like you're looking for everybody's ball to catch and you can't figure right. out why you're exhausted because you're busy. And why taking, you're not fulfilled. Why you're not fulfilled because you're trying to catch for everyone. You're low joy yep. and there's no one to throw anything back to, or you don't even think about that. Oh, you no, don't think, and you've got balls like that you're holding in one arm and trying to catch with the other. You have your own balls in one arm and you're not realizing that mostly both arms probably you can't <laughs> right. even catch. You're trying to catch. Yeah. Um, that, that the idea of community is that you're, you're playing catch back and forth. Yeah. So then you become an adult and your job is to catch, but not, not the balls in the entire community. One, let's practice one right, and practice one. Roll, throwing it back and so right. on and so forth. But then we get to the idea of elders. And this is yeah. where we talked about how 
uh, what's we talk call them joy? Um, oh, they're uh, ambassadors of joy. Yeah, ambassadors of joy them. or joy bombs. We got joy bombs. Ones, joy bombs. Yeah, because as a mature elder, my joy bucket because of life experience and because I have experienced people knowing glad to be with me. That's what gets me to elder maturity uh-huh. is this experience then I'm able to give that away freely. And so yeah. the idea of catching multiple balls from the community of joy is much more possible because I have capacity to yeah. do that. And it's so critical that in our communities, and this is why multi-generational community is so important, and not just age, multi-generational maturity, maturity yes, is that we need people in our communities who have more than enough joy so that if we have adults in our community who have never experienced receiving joy, mm-hmm as an infant and have now made it to adulthood with that gap that we have elders in our community that can freely give so that they can freely give or they can freely receive without feeling the need to throw the ball back. Those parents can freely receive the ones that have not grown up with. Right. Yeah. Yes. And so they're able to, you have elders in the community who are able to give without needing anything back. And that's part of that joy fueled community piece of there's going to be times in the community that some people are low joy and don't have it to give. Yeah. And so we need people in the community who have more than enough joy to give. It isn't about community being equal. Like we all show up with full batteries. That would be ideal. Sure. Great. Awesome. But in reality, we're all at different stages in different seasons of life. And there's going to be seasons where we come in battery drained and we need someone to help us come back to joy. Yeah. So, that's all fantastic. How do we... Well, one thing I want to mention yeah. before before we move on from this point, because we want to talk about, so how, how, how do, do we create, create us, yeah. is that it's also important when we talk about the different, how people come in differently with different spaces of joy or different levels of joy or different volumes of joy in our joy bucket. <laughs> one of the, the unfortunate responses of the church is often Mm. people will come in to or come to leadership Mm -hmm. come to people and they're we like to call it messy messy yeah it could look like sin what Mm -hmm. we would call sin so you could say like someone could come in and say okay i have a drug addiction yep or they could say i have cheated on my spouse or they could say i have a porn addiction Mm mm-hmm it's really important to stop here for a second and to make the point that that is mm. a blaring flare yes. as high in the sky as they can send it to say, I don't have joy. joy. Oh. My joy is low. Yes. People who are joyful and have joy-filled community or joy-filled connection, yep. even if it's just with one other person yeah. themselves and with God, will not find themselves in those situations. Mm-hmm. Usually when we find ourselves slipping into that, we're really low on joy. We're low on the on a current experience of someone being glad to be with me. It's Man. been far too long. And that's what we were talking about when we talk about your joy bucket being yeah. full. Like you don't fill it once 15, 20 years ago and then, and then it lasts, it. right? Last, guys, yeah. we're all like anybody who's been married longer than six months realizes you, you were super joy filled back then, right? Because right. this person committed their whole life to you. They said, I am so glad to be with you. I'm going to give you my whole entire life. And now I'm in it. And, and now I'm in it. And the joy is like, <laughs> oh, snap. Oh, snap. Yeah, then, and, yes. Oh, honey, that's so, that's so true. We don't, we don't talk about that. Like we, oh, 
the whole thing with even um, what we call in the church moral failure now mm-hmm. with pastors specifically. Oh, that's yeah, so huge, huge right now. Uh, I want to say it's so huge right now. It's been it's, it's there. Been an issue, yeah. It's been an issue. Everybody, you, you could all think of things, no people, whatever. But the the reason for that is because they're low on joy. Yeah. Again, they're giving, they're giving, they're giving, mm-hmm. and there's no one that they, that's around them that is glad to be with them, no matter what, and no just for what. who they are. Right. And so it's the corporate church model. We it, move them up a ladder, isolate them, yeah, and expect them to behave a certain way. Mm-hmm. And if there's any indication that that may not be the case, oh man. Well, well, what, well, what happens is they're 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 honestly what they're searching for joy. Yeah. They're certain someone's glad with them. So somebody comes along that's happy to be with them just, just because them. they're them. Yeah. Not many... for a position, not for anything, but they just say, mm-hmm. let's just be and hang out. And right. they're happy to be with them. Yeah. Pastors fall all the time. And it's and you can look at it and say, how in the world did that happen? And then if you understand joy, it really was not that hard. No. And we it... are as human beings desperately longing for someone to be glad to be with us. Yes, absolutely. And and then you think of a pastor who's working super hard to perform. Right. To get people to be glad to be with him. Yeah. Or people are only glad to, maybe not necessarily that. Some, yeah. some get there. Others, that's just their experience. Like I talked about before, when I'm in a room and I'm leading it, mm-hmm. I get that, that gladness on people's faces. They're glad to be with me when I'm delivering information. But they don't actually know me. Right. At all. Right. Yeah. So you do that enough times and you're you're still pretty lonely. Like that's a false sense of joy that you're getting. They're glad to be with you, but they're glad to be with you for what you're giving, not because of who you, you are. are. Right. And that's why pastors fall. Yeah. The moment someone shows up and sa- and and gives an indication that, hey, I'm glad to be with you because of you, even if it's not fully true, when you're hungry and, and, and yeah. you're starving and it's been a long time since you've had joy to eat. Yeah. You will pretty much eat it in any form or fashion. Yeah. And that's why we have drug addiction. That's why we have pornography addictions. That's why yeah. we have extramarital affairs. All of that is a desperate attempt to find joy, but it's never joy there. No. It's it's the same chemical reaction in yes. our brains uh-huh. that joy creates. Because remember, as we said in our last podcast, our brain is always looking for joy they're it scanning joy to eat every day every day it's <laughs> always it's scanning every room every situation everything that's going on around you looking for joy mm-hmm. because our brains are designed to live from to be fueled mm-hmm. by joy yeah even if it's a pseudo joy right yeah we'll which make are those other it. things but joy yeah i made a statement just a second ago and i had not thought about it this way but we need joy to eat every day yeah so you figure you can live 40 days without food mm. and water, only 40 days. And I think that's very true of joy. That's You can only rude. live so, so many long. days without yeah. joy and you will go find it. That's Yeah, you, you will, will go, go find, find it. it. You will find some way, like just like if you're in the middle of nowhere with no food to eat, you are going to find dirt to eat if that's what it takes. Yeah. You will. You'll find it. You'll find it. Same thing with joy. Yeah. I mean, we, yeah. It's and a- then in the church, we judge people for eating dirt. Right. When they're looking for joy. <laughs> they're just looking for joy. And and, and we and they have can't find it. and they can't find it because we haven't as a community provided it or given a space for it or well we don't provide it when we're not happy to be with someone when something doesn't look right or something is messy. Right, because it makes us uncomfortable. Because it makes us uncomfortable. And we don't have 
joy to give. We're, oh, free agents of joy. Free agents that's what of elders joy. Are. That's free, agent. free agents yeah, of joy. Yeah, because we're not free agents of joy. We yeah. haven't reached the space of community or of maturity where we have more than enough joy to give. Yeah. Our buckets are full and we're here to, to provide space. Yeah. So we. So let's talk. Let's. We're out of time. We are out of time. We're out of time. So what we want to do, we, we're going to come back in our next podcast and we're just going to talk about what we have done what our experience is in creating those joy fuel communities. You've been listening to the Table and Well podcast. New episodes stream every Tuesday. Please subscribe on your favorite streaming service.